On that note, I want to welcome everybody to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. I want to welcome the Rumblers, the Ranthers, the Truthers. I want to remind people later on, if you're going to be downloading this show, you could also go to Rumble, subscribe to our channel. Just go to Rumble, subscribe to Ben Stein. You could join us in the Rumbles, the Rants. We try to get to you as much as humanly possible. Uh, I want to remind also people, benstein.substack.com. And of course, follow him and Jack and Adam on Truth Social. It's extremely important that everybody joins the truth, even if you can't get through. Obviously, today we learned uh, through your Android, go to your laptop and join Truth Social. On that note, let us welcome our guests of the evening. Goes by Poso, but also Jack Posobic from Human Events and also Turning Point USA. He's got a great piece out right now about the preemptive coup that is going to happen in 2024. Uh, I read the piece, Jack. Very good. Good job, Jack Posobiec. Yeah, no, I mean, I would even go so far as to say that the preemptive coup has already begun. And that's what we're seeing here in the United States. And, you know, we talk about it on the podcast on Human Events Daily. We talk about the Great Reset. We're working on a documentary on that. We're doing actually a get together in Phoenix coming up here on the Great Reset, but we didn't realize that as we were looking forward to all these things, that a preemptive coup was going to be launched, not even prior to the 20 or not even after the 2022 election, but even before all of it, that what they're doing right now is that they see, and and whether you're, you know, a Trump supporter or not, I think everybody can agree that this isn't how we usually do business in this country that you don't take a guy that you consider to be your biggest opponent and then raid his home, start rifling through his wife's closets for an hour, and then start naming him as public enemy number one and naming his supporters as public enemy number one. That's what's going on here because they're attempting to criminalize dissent. They're already censoring people. They won't even allow Truth Social on half the phones in the United States just because it's run essentially by Donald Trump. I mean, we've never seen this in the United States before. But that being said, if you're like, so my wife was born in the Soviet Union. Uh, it's now the Republic of Belarus. But you know, if you're in one of those post-Soviet countries or if you're in uh, Venezuela or Mexico or any parts of Latin America, South America or different parts of the Middle East, oh, this is normal for you. This is like a day at the office. Well, yeah, first they, you know, accuse the other guy of a crime. Then they send the police after him. The, you know, the secret police go after him. Then he gets locked up, but he keeps running from prison. Then he, you know, there's a question about whether he can be on the ballot while he's behind bars. And that this, this is the normal routine behavior when you're in a banana republic. Well said, Jack. And I want to get more into that. Uh, Of course, we're joined tonight by the facilitator, man that made this all possible. former Prince of uh, Pico, uh, Adam King. Always the Prince of Pico. Always the Prince of Pico. And of course, thank you very much. And of course, is that a hereditary title? I wasn't sure. It will be for my sons. And of course, only for your sons. (laughs) And of course, this show, that's funny, actually. Of course, this show wouldn't be complete without America's humble servant, former speechwriter to three presidents, multiple Emmy award winning game show host, uh, presenter, whatever you want to call it. But for tonight's sake, he's also, he wasn't, he is an amazing lawyer, graduated, uh, and I know it was voted on by your classmates, Ben Stein, but still you were the valedictorian of your Yale Law School class, and you got to be taught by great people like Bob Bork, which is incredible. So incredible, he was, was a genius. So when people ask, what is, why, how could Ben have an opinion on these things? 
Ben Stein's a damn lawyer that worked for the FTC and worked for three presidents and did a lot of work. But I want to get right off the bat to something because it has to do with what Jack's point, Ben, is. And uh, for people that are not familiar with this show, we like to delve into history. Why not? We have Ben Stein. You might as well. Uh, but Ben, I I was reading Jack's piece. I'm reading a lot about these whistleblowers. And it, it, I wasn't alive at the time, but in 1970, Frank Serpico wrote a, a piece for the New York Times that appeared on the front page calling out police corruption. Now, uh, then what happened was Mayor Lindsay decided to start what was called the NAP, uh, uh, the, the NAP, uh, NAP Commission. The, the NAP, NAP Commission, Commission. thank you, by, uh, by, steered, steered by uh, Whitman Knapp. And it, it was pretty much a two-year commission that delved into police corruption. I beg of everybody to read about this because, and sadly, Frank Serpico was shot in the face about a year and a half later after this came out. But nonetheless, Ben, uh, we have whistleblowers, we have informants, but we don't have a face. We don't have the Frank Serpico. I think you are the Frank Sinatra face. Where, where is that FBI agent that's going to come out and say, this is what's going on, Ben, that has the cojones. And I know it takes a lot. You're losing your pension, your livelihood. You risk your life, Ben Stein. Where are they? They're hiding. They're, they're, look, they, they are, have been trained to be bureaucrats. They've been trained to follow orders. They've been trained to do what they're told to do. And they have not been trained to be rebels or renegades. And no one, I think when they started this job, none of them thought for a moment that they were going to wind up being uh, fighting the power, as one might say, fight the power. And uh, so uh, it's, it's all been a shock to them. And uh, yeah, I'm sure lots of them know that what's going on isn't right. It's, it's just not it's just not what America is meant to be. But uh, why well, want, again, to go back to what you were saying, Judith, well, who wants to lose his pension? Who wants to lose his health care? who wants to have his kids not get into St. Albans or Sidwell Friends, serious matters. No, you're 100% correct. And uh, Jack, you know, it was obviously a point that this was a state thing. And I think of people like DeSantis and people, listen, this FBI raid went on in the state of Florida. Uh, I don't know what type of commission he could call, but there needs to be a serious commission. And I don't want to use the word partisan or nonpartisan, on the FBI, because it, that actually helped the New York City Police Department tremendously. If people read about that NAP commission, what it enforced, it, it enforced that if you're if you're if you're in charge and the people under you are committing these crimes, Jack, you're in trouble. Well, that's exactly right. In, in the United States, and, and Ben, you'd certainly know more about this than me, but. Uh, we did go through a process at the federal level looking at the CIA and FBI called the Church Commission. And uh, Frank Church, who was a committee for, or excuse me, a senator from Idaho, a Democrat senator, by the way, uh, he was talking about the CIA, the FBI, the NSA at the time, the technological means of controlling and communicating, stealing your communications that were going on at the time. He was just talking about cell phones. But he said that if anyone were to ever use these problems or use these pieces of technology, use these capabilities in the future for their own personal political ends, then you could establish a dictatorship in the United States through the use of the national security apparatus. 
And when he discussed this, he was really, I mean, this is when they were going back into COINTELPRO and some of the different programs that the FBI was running to infiltrate political descendants. Wait, wait, back up a second, Jack. Who, 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 who said we're, we're going? Who's, who's in this commission? This, uh, so Frank Church was running the thing, but it was bipartisan. What year was this? This was in the 1970s. Well, I remember it very. I remember it very well. But I mean, Frank Church probably wasn't the one actually going through files, cabinets. Who was doing the work? Where did they get the staff? Where Where are we going to get staff now that's yes. going to go through file after file after file and see all the lies and contradictions? Well, I, I think you've got to go to some of these, some of the think tanks. I think you've got to bring in people from maybe not necessarily heritage, but some of the newer ones that are coming up or some of the older ones that have been uh, rejuvenated, like the Claremont Institute, for example, um, Turning Point USA, of course, we're putting together people every single day and identifying candidates for not only positions of, you know, for elected office, but also um, people who would be good for staffing in any future administration or future staffers, future congressional or Senate staffers, because we're looking for people on campus, in the chapters who are young leaders, but not just young leaders who are good at, you know, polishing a resume and knowing how to wear a suit properly, but ones that actually want to put the country first and not just throw in ambitions. You know, it's funny that you bring this up, Jack, because if you ask yourself, how did this happen that all these institutions, the FBI, the DOJ, the State Department, the IRS even became so corrupt, it starts in the hiring process. And just as they hired their way into corruption, you know, having enough un compliant underlings uh, subservient to a, uh, a corrupt overlording structure, um, we have to take the country back in the same mechanism that it was stolen from us through hiring, through putting people in good positions, by promoting independent I, media. I, I, it's a good but when point. you say, Adam, Adam, with, with respect, when you say we have to do it, we is the paying power structure run by Mr. Biden and his fun-loving son and his, their fun-loving uh, daughter-in-law, or whatever she is, uh, and uh, all it's of those. family nuts. affair. Family affair. Who's going to who, who's going to step up and do it? Like the, I remember Frank Church. Frank Church is from my wonderful state here. I know. What happened? They, he, the eastern part of the state is very liberal, is fairly liberal, western part, very conservative. He got the eastern part totally lined up behind him, and he was ready to rock and roll. Where is the constituency for a new, uh, very left-wing, very, very, very uh, what should I say, uh, I, well, you know, use the word Judah likes, iconoclastic group of men and women, who will uh, attack without any fear of remorse. That's it. You see, you raise a great point. And, and Adam, actually, you did bring, everybody's brought up great points. The point, this, the bigger point is we're in this position. It's not how we, it, it, in, in moving right. forward, as long as these same people are there. And the reason I brought up the NAP commission and you brought up the church commission is the whole point is reassessing, Ben, what is going on there. This isn't going to be a four-month process. This is going to be a real process of getting rid of the hierarchy that is it. And I just so everybody understands, I, I did. It, most people do not understand something. And again, I want you you could correct me if I'm wrong. There are 7,800 special agents in the FBI. If you carry a gun in the FBI, you're considered a special agent. 
The reason I bring this up is because every time there's a report, a story reported about the FBI finding something on, on Trump or whatever it is, they always refer to them as special agents. Just so everybody knows, everybody, if you carry a gun and you're a field agent, is a special agent. And Ben, to your point, you got to bring back the old dogs. What Jack was saying with the Claremont, you got to bring up back people that have nothing to lose. Where are those people? Where are those people, my brother? I mean, where are those people? I'm here in Sandpoint, Idaho. Where's everybody else? Ben brings up a great point. Who's actually doing the amount of hiring that needs to take place in order to clean these institutions? You know, Project Veritas just came out. Project Veritas came They haven't even started. That's what I'm saying. Project Veritas. The American Spectator is doing some of it. They're wonderful, super people, but that's a small number of people. We need a real groundswell. Where's it going to come from? Jack, so I go to you. So, Jack, I go to you with Turning Point USA. So now you got DeSantis on tour or... or, or, um, We do. We brought him out. You you brought him out. I'll take a little bit of credit for that, but no, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) But people like DeSantis need to understand that they're next. Even if he doesn't run for president... So he's got to start a commission, Jack. Yes, no. So anyone who, anyone who comes out against the regime will. It's it's sort of like the Frank Herbert book Dune when they have that device, if you remember, to determine who the next hero will be. That's called the pain box, and you you put your finger, you put your hand in the pain yeah. box. That's what they will do to anyone who comes up that's outside the system, anyone who talks about reforming the system, they will put you in the pain box. And they assume that either at one point, you'll simply submit and go home, or you'll submit and you'll tuck your tail between your legs, and then you'll get on board with the system and you won't cause any more trouble. Well, the problem for them is that we do have people now, not only like Donald Trump, who's probably the most popular conservative uh, in the history of the United States, but we've also got people like Ron DeSantis waiting in the wings. And then if you go and Ben, I'd love to invite you to, you know, I don't know if I can, I can say come speak, but just visit with one of our turning point events that we're holding in, in the Phoenix area, you know, is, is out your way. We could, we get 10 to 15,000, 10 to 15,000 wow. people there. And I would say at least at least 80 to 90% are under the age of 30, under the age of 30. And they're there all for one sole purpose. And that's exactly what we're talking about here, taking our country back from the revolutionaries that have taken over our institutions, then we need to commit, and this is what, what Judah was saying, this long march through the institutions. That's what Marcuse laid out. And that's exactly what happened since the 1960s on, the long march through the institutions. Well, we've got to go and take those back. And what I love about going to the Turning Point events is, uh, you know, I'm still in my 30s and I feel like an old man at these things. So when I hear people saying that, it's, oh, it's not possible, the next generation is lost. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You go to one of these events and you will be filled with so much hope when you see the people and the children, the kids, you know, in many cases, some cases, even uh, high school, we have high school chapters too. They you're, are cheering for their country. They love their country. Jack, you're completely right. And, and look at Ben, who had to live through this once already uh, with Nixon and uh, and watch the... But Ben, I wanted to ask you a question as a lawyer. 
because as we're seeing these raids go on and we know that the FBI is compromised, let's let, we, if this were a movie, we have to assume at this point, Ben, every, every, many people are compromised. Obviously, I don't want to say everyone is compromised, but there it's are a lot of people. Conspiracy. But Ben, we have to assume that the FBI agent that swore on the affidavit is compromised. And, 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 and what is that law term? Fruit from, is it fruit from the poisonous tree or? Uh, fruit of the poisonous tree. And eating the fruit of the poisonous tree. And the reason I bring that up, Ben Stein, is because we have to assume that the raid on Mar-a-Lago, if Trump has any normal lawyers, could put the, the they could tie these FBI agents together and say and and pretty much say this was an unlawful search. Uh, a very much unlawful uh, and the most uh, most basic level of uh, lawlessness, uh, namely a violation of uh, the, four, the Fourth Amendment. Uh, and possibly bits of the Sixth Amendment too, uh, so that because it's uh, it's just flat on its face unreasonable, uh, without a showing of what was in these boxes, uh, how do we how can we possibly know what uh, whether or not the raid was lawful or reasonable or sensible? Just to say, uh, look, uh, the boxes were stamped uh, secret or were stamped glass, but that means nothing. Look, look, here I've got a piece of paper here. Here's a piece of paper. I'm up here in Sandpoint, Idaho. I've got a piece of paper. I could just take this pen here, this nice Parker pen made in America, and write on a secret, top secret, most classified. Uh, if you open uh, this paper, it's going to start World War IV. Three. What? 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 What do we know about that piece of paper? Nothing except that somebody wrote secret and most urgent. That's all we know about the boxes at the White House or at Mar-a-Lago. How dare they go around violating the searches, the search and seizure clause of the Constitution without knowing what's in these boxes and letting us in on it. No, it's, it's extremely well said, brilliantly well said. And, uh, and I'll, go, wait, I'll go a little farther and say, do. when I was at Yale Law School, there was uh, my first first year's uh, dormitory was in a place called uh, Solomon College, uh, Lindsley Chittenden Hall. It was right across the street from one of the secret societies. And I could hear I, I, the secret societies are only for undergrads. They're not for law school students. And probably they wouldn't have taken me anyway because I'm a Jew. But... <laughs> I can hear them singing and I can think to, and I think to myself, that's what's going on now. These guys are singing. They're singing praises to themselves for having beaten the Constitution. Brilliantly said, Jack. It, 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 and it, and I, I'm sure you know a lot of people, Jack. I'm sure you know people in the FBI that wish to God they could come out and say, but he's right. The people there. They think they they think they're sitting in that room with those so, boxes doing that. So one of the one of the things that I've heard and, and Darren Beatty over at Revolver News has suggested this that uh, something that Trump should do and ought to do is create some sort of whistleblower protection fund, a legal protection fund. I was thinking about that, like a, a GoFundMe living expenses. Yeah. Uh, well, I would do Give Send Go. Definitely yeah. never do GoFundMe. Right, right, they'll, no. they'll take that down immediately, right. but. You set up a legal fund and Trump could start it off with some matching funds and Peter Thiel could get involved. And then you go and you crowdfund the rest of it. And maybe maybe Ben Stein would even put in a little bit. <laughs> um, well, he did donate but, to Doug Mastriano last week. 
Oh, you did. Oh, congrats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doug, Doug, by the way, so that's my home state of Pennsylvania. And Doug, I think, has a real um, a real fighting chance of winning that state. Uh, not only they're actually watching right now. I was texting with him earlier. So give him a shout out. We're oh, he's in. watching. Oh, yeah. yeah Doug watching. and I. Um, yeah, Doug and I got to uh, do an interview with on the War Room when I was guest hosting for Steve Bannon. Uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, when Steve was facing off against the deep state himself, and I think that I think that Mastriano did a fantastic job from a political standpoint. Really, a victory in the primary that nobody saw coming because he worked on the road. He worked with he worked with evangelical Christian groups and churches that were right there all throughout the state of Pennsylvania up into what they call the T of Pennsylvania. I don't know, Ben, are you familiar with the T of Pennsylvania? Do you know what the T is? The what? The T of Pennsylvania. No, I never not. So uh, politically Even though speaking, I went to summer camp there. This is like a win Ben Stein's money question. This is, right? I know, right? So the T is, and, and James Carville's famous for saying that, that Pennsylvania, politically speaking, is Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, oh, yeah. and, yeah, and Kentucky in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that's that. his famous quote. So the T is if you you kind of extend it out so it goes over to Scranton and then goes over to Erie at the other side. So we refer to that as the central part of Pennsylvania or the T. And so Mastriano, from a political standpoint, and Pennsylvania is my home state, so I, I know quite a bit about just the political lay of the land there, that he really were, was able to work that area to his advantage. And not a lot of people, certainly within the establishment, saw him coming. Um, by the same token, he's paired up in a race with, um, you know, through through a bruising primary, Dr. Oz, who's going to be going up against this guy, Fetterman, who actually has brain damage. In fact, Fetterman uh, just backed out. I don't know if you guys saw this. John Fetterman just Well, explain the background to people that don't know. John Fetterman had a stroke. Sure. He's uh, he's he's he was always out to lunch. Well, he's this was that, no, that was the reason he cited. I was yeah. just gonna say that's the now reason he, he like, cited for not debating. Trail in pajamas, like he's just wearing like a hoodie all the time. It's the weirdest yes. thing I've ever seen in my life. But go on, Jack. Even though he's quite wealthy, so my original point was that Trump should set up a, a fund for the whistleblowers, and every can, everyone can chip into this. But then we talked Mastriano, and then we talked Fetterman. And Fetterman, so he's currently lieutenant governor, complete total socialist, even though, of course, he lives off his parents' money. And just earlier tonight, he released a statement saying that he will not be participating in the first scheduled debate this uh, coming up, which is supposed to be September 6th, so coming up Monday, because he is still in recovery from a stroke. And it, 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 it was, and we're all in on Mastriano here. Doug for Gov, that's where you give. Uh, give to Doug Mastriano, Doug for Gov. Aside from everything, this guy served our country. He was a colonel in the United States Army, served during two different operations. He is a hero. Forget about what people are saying. Don't listen to it. Put your blinders on and just look I at his resume. It. And uh, they, they love it that they're on right now. They're texting. And Ben Stein, I want to get to something. Well, they people... will uh, just just to put a bit on that. They will they will say anything and everything they can about Doug Mastriano because they're terrified of we're Doug terrified Mastriano. Of That's the more they attack week. him, the more they reveal just how their own insecurities are because they know that he's going to win this race. No, it's well said. But Ben, I want to get to you quickly because people on the ranch are saying this, and I get it. We're, we're we a lot of us. You've been through this. You've you you know it's, it's like the Johnny Cash song, "Ragged Old Flag." Uh, you know what our flag has gone through, and as Jack said, it's survived. And there's nobody bigger that believes in the American future than Ben Stein. 
that believes in American exceptionalism, that believes we will survive this, and we will. Their sole goal, Ben, is to destroy us psychologically. It's a game of psychological warfare so that we give, we, that we give up. But we don't give up, Ben. People of your generation definitely didn't give up. You've been through this with Nixon when the CIA went after him. He had two, you know, he had an election stolen from him. He, I mean, and you've been through this and we will recover, Ben. Yeah, we will recover, but it's gonna take a lot of doing. Like I, I'd like to, to back up a little bit. We asked a little while ago, where are the people who would be the spark plugs for something like this? Pat Buchanan, there's a name. Now, some of you are going to say, oh, Pat Buchanan is an anti-Semite. That's not true. Not at all. But you can say, call anyone an anti-Semite. It doesn't mean he is an anti-Semite. Pat Buchanan wrote a book called The Greatest Comeback Ever about Nixon's comeback after he lost, uh, had the election stolen from him in uh, 1960. And uh, of course, he has then had stolen from him again in 1974. But... uh, there's a guy who just never says die. He's a spark plug. There are others like him. There are others like him at the Nixon Library. These people can be gathered up, rounded up, somehow uh, made to do this work, encouraged to do this work. If it were the old days when CNN really was CNN, when Fox really was Fox, uh, they would do it just for the pleasure of being on TV. Now, mm, not sure whether they get on or not. But we do know, we do know there are people out there who have the guts to fight it. It's well said. And if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. I want to welcome the Rumblers, the Ranters, the people that are tuning into the show for the first time. We are as low budget as possible, but we enjoy our bad selves. To quote the great David, David Ruffin, Ben, we go on with our bad selves. And we appreciate discourse. We appreciate all those things on the show. We just are here to have fun. We do it for fun and for free. Uh, no solicitations. We just love doing this. And uh, who better to do it with than Ben Stein? And we're Jack, joined tonight by Poso. Jack Posobiec, who's got a great new piece out in Human Events about the preemptive. Uh, and it's funny that you brought that up, Jack, because somebody in one of the comments I was reading, somebody said, it's not preemptive. It's been going on for God knows how many years. But but to, but to Jack's point, coup. Jack, to your point, they're preempting the preemptive again. You, know, you, you, right. you, could, you, you, you could have a redo. And who would have thought, really, who would have thought? I mean, we've discussed this on this show. Who would have thought that the that the raid on Mar-a-Lago would have happened? Who would have thought we we thought they were stuff was going to happen, but raiding the raiding the president the ex president's house was not in our because you. By the way, I could well imagine that this is just the beginning. I don't think the raid on Mar-a-Lago is anywhere near the end of this kind of thing. I can well imagine that they're going to keep going because what's going to stop them? Who's going to Who's going to stop them from going around to all kinds of other Republicans in conservatives' houses and saying, oh, my God, we, here we discovered another one. It's stamped secret. Fuck you. They can stamp secret on anything they want. Now, Ben, I want you to explain that story that I've been lent to bit before I get a pose Because people need oh, let's to... let's step on that. That's, that's the sound clip of the night. Because people need <laughs> to hear this. No, no. People really need to hear this story. And, and Ben shared a little bit about Untruth, but it's much better coming from word 
about your former boss when you asked him about classified information? You, you mean about Mr. Mr. Nixon? No, 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 not that boss. When your boss, when you were, were when you were, uh, when you were asking about what makes something classified or why? Oh, because it... we call it classified. Yeah, we can call anything we want classified, and it's classified. And that was so. I, I well, uh, well, if, if memory serves, it was Dave Gergen, and uh, Dave is a great guy and a super smart guy. But uh, he and he knew the score and he's a super, super smart guy. I wish he were on our side. But uh, look, the government has powers that you cannot even imagine. It's called the government because it's the gov it's governing us. It's in charge of us. It can line us up against a wall and shoot us if it wants to. That's why it's called the government. <laughs> there, there was never any law passed allowing President Roosevelt, FDR, to intern the Japanese on the West Coast of the United States. There was never anything passed by Congress allowing that or compelling that. There was never any kind of law compelling compelling hearings on a completely fantastic made-up collusion with Russia. That, just ne that never happened. It just was made up. I mean, the government can make up anything it wants, and, and we're seeing it happen right now extremely well said and jack as you, as and once again i just because he doesn't always get to talk as much but he is a great help as adam king so adam thank you and people are wondering what the phone number is to that phone of yours uh great distraction behind yeah. you but poso uh, jack as as you're teaching to turning point usa you really do need ben steins of the world teaching this type of history because it's 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 really a sad thing that so many people, Jack, well, imagine, don't know this stuff. Well, imagine, you know, if you will, a, a, a Ben Stein masterclass, you know, for, for the Turning Point USA students. I think that would be uh, yeah. fantastic. We get yeah. the chalkboard out back out too. Let's if you want. bring out the contracts now. I, I, I think that's a, I think that's an exceptional idea because I haven't run this past Charlie, by the way. He's going to say, Jack, what, what did you sign me up for? <laughs> no, but Jack, it's a brilliant worry, idea. Charlie, because don't worry, it's fine. It's not that many zeros. Jack, he's America's school teacher. He's got to be there. Jack, most people don't know what he's talking about, though. Who's and that's Jack. Yeah. Jack, who? No, 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 he means Poso. He's talking about Poso. I'm talking uh, about, I'm, I'm talking about talking Poso, about Poso. In, Poso in front of us. But Jack, most people don't realize what Ben Stein is talking about. That's the that's the extremely. Well, they still, they still they still strive. But I want to tell you about. The, I, I think maybe an even better story than the one that. Judah was kind enough to bring up was when I worked at the Arms Control and Disarmament Agency in the State Department, a very, very important job because, because of, I was in that job and I got to go to a, a 4th of July black tie dinner dance and met my wifey, the saint of saints, the best person in the world, who was also working at the State Department that summer. Anyway, uh, look, they can stamp anything they want secret. I was going part most of my day was spent going through magazines that were for sale on newsstands that the government had stamped secret and top secret on and classified on magazines. No, that's absolutely amazing, Jack. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's exactly right. And you'll you'll see this overclassification. And I, I say this: I was a Navy intelligence officer, so and I, I served at Guantanamo, and we would see things all the time, classified secret, classified confidential, and you'll look at it and it's a copy of the Wall Street Journal or something. Uh, 
um, or, or an article that's clipped from the Wall Street Journal and it makes no sense. But, you know, I think what people are talking about when they when they hear Watergate, they still associate it with the Washington Post narrative of Watergate. They don't associate it with the fact that it was a leaker from the highest levels of the FBI that set forward an operation um, that initially was about rounding up this uh, this sort of call girl ring and finding out who the clients of the call girl ring were, by the way, typical honeypot operation, if I ever heard one, and they were going for the uh, the client list in the desk, similar to a client, another client list that might be out there from a, a certain Mr. Epstein that we can't ever seem to get a hold of. But because right. they were caught, then it was turned around and turned into this massive uh, conspiracy operation and the pointed the finger at who other than not the institutions themselves. No, no, they would never accept accountability internally. They turned it around on Richard Milhouse Nixon. It, it, it turned around on who? On Richard Nixon. Nixon. And they, they, well, they turned everything around on Richard Nixon. I, the, the, I think I, now, Mr. Jack, we're getting to some really wacky stuff. Supposedly, one of the reasons for the break-in at the DNC headquarters, just a few feet from where I own my co-op at the Watergate, uh, they had a uh, list of call girls. And on that list, supposedly, was Modine, the very attractive and I'm sure extremely clean-cut wife of uh uh, what's his name? The uh, rat. I know the rat. Mr. Dean, a bad guy. John Dean himself, the White House counsel. Supposedly they were looking to see if his wife was on the list of call girls. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. But which, and this which, is, by the way, this isn't coming from me. This is what G. Gordon Liddy himself admitted to years later on his radio program. And he was the guy who was arrested for the break-in. No, but what Jack, what's so important about this too is because I'm so grateful you're what, 34, 35, that you're um you're you're a student of history. Because most people, I hate to say this, of your with your youth and charm. With your youth charm. and charm and your <laughs> uh, Twitter handle and your truth handle don't have the knowledge that you have. They're strictly talking points. You're one well, of the- I, I do this um I have this one superpower. It's called reading. <laughs> and I, I, I like to read. I've always been a voracious reader. And uh, I've I started when I was young and I haven't seen I haven't shown any signs of stopping yet. And the reason I bring this up is because when Ben constantly posts about Nixon, people are amazed. People have no idea that there was no crime, Ben. People totally to, the, to this day, people could still and 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 in 30 years, it'll be a footnote in history again with Trump where, where it'll be. There was no crime, Ben. No, they, ne- they never found a crime by Nixon. They never found anything even close to a crime. And they've never found a crime done by Trump. And they've found all these millions of crimes done by Hillary and her pals. And don't get me wrong, I like Hillary. She was a, a two years or either one or two years behind me at Yale. I liked her a lot. But uh, come on, she took her computer, she had her voice and girls uh, smash it with hammers and put on programs that uh, erased uh, the memory of the machines, and she's not charged with anything? Just just for the record, that's Ben's sarcasm. And for those that are are unaware of this, Hillary was uh, two years behind Ben at Yale Law School. What did Uh, I say? What? I think I said two years behind Yeah, no, no, you did. I was referring well, to the part. 
Yeah, it's it. true. It's true. This thing about Nixon and, and just the same thing that they're doing with Trump in order to uh, discredit the former president, Richard Nixon. They they called him a racist. They called him an anti-Semite and they got on that logic. Then they knew that they could take people out through these terms. And it started with Nixon. And it's and really it started with the whole anti-Semitism thing with Nixon because they tried to label him an anti-Semite. And he happened to be one of the best friends of the Jewish people in Israel. And a, the, not Trump, one of them, the, the one. And as with Trump, you got to ask yourself, why did the FBI go on this Hail Mary play like this? And is it because they see themselves losing the House and Senate in November and they need to have some sort of fuel in their gas tanks for to get through 2022 to 2024? And if you look at what they got, they got the FBI, they got the DOJ, and now they got the IRS like nobody's business. And so their whole supernal government outside of the House and Senate is these three organizations. And that's how they plan to le leverage all their power. So expect from 2022 to 2024, lots of investigations and the IRS armed carrying these out. I, I, I wish you were right. I wish you were right, Adam King. I hope I'm not right. But, but. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, just Judah said to me, uh, election night, uh, 2020, uh, the fix is in. The fix is in for the foreseeable future. That's it's, the one thing we got to worry about. It, it, it's, it's a huge point, and I want to get to that. That was my last point. If you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to That Man. Benjamin Jeremy Stein. We're joined tonight by Posa, Jack Posobiec. Uh, grateful to have him on from Turning Point USA, Human Events, of Adam King, and of course, Ben Stein. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot, Jack, and uh, maybe you could uh, uh, tell me differently and I wish people would use this. One of the things that the reason I brought up your history and knowledge is because that's how we win is with history and facts and knowledge. It's we're able to when somebody says this, this and this or so and so we're able to say, no, Ben's able to talk about gas and oil and all these different things because he has knowledge that uh, we need these things. But Jack, has anybody ever asked the question when they said they investigated election fraud? Where were the investigations? I've never seen one piece of paperwork right. regarding, we have Bill Barr saying, uh, there's no, uh, Ben, we have Bill Barr saying, uh, there was no, everything was kosher, Jack. But we, we have you ever seen one bit of paperwork that said the FBI investigated this? One shred no, of No, no, of course not. And and one of, the, one of the tricks that was done here on the election uh, integrity front, I guess you could say it that way, is that prior to the election, if you tried to sue over the constitutionality of any of the bills, like for example, in Pennsylvania or a state like Wisconsin, by the way, the Wisconsin election law was overturned on the basis of its unconstitutionality. Pennsylvania's election laws have also been overturned at one point on the basis of their constitution, these universal ballots, this idea that everyone can just get a ballot through the mail. There's, there's nothing in the constitutional provisions in these states allowing for that. But prior to the election, they said that you couldn't bring a suit because you didn't have standing. And they say you didn't have standing because the election had yet to take place and you haven't you haven't suffered injury. Then if it was after the election, then post-election, if you brought a suit, they would say, well, we've already had the election, so there's nothing we can do about it. So you can't. No, no, it's, it's better than that. Better than that. They say elections are such big, gigantic, incredibly important things. We're not going to get our little, our delicate hands dirty by yes. messaging that. 
That, exactly. that would just turn the whole country upside down. <laughs> right, that's confusing. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Weren't you the guys who ruled that uh, segregation was illegal? Do you think that didn't turn over any apple cars? Do you think that didn't get people's hands dirty? And yet you won't go against the Democrats uh, about the, about the election fraud of 2020? Come on. Come it was, on, son. It was one break. But Ben, I want to get to, to this point, and I keep on thinking about this, and I don't know why Trump doesn't bring this up more. Who were the investigators? Where is the paperwork? The, you have Dunham report going on for three years. They've been investigating Durham. Hunter Biden. What? Dunham or Durham? The, the Durham report. Yeah. Uh, the Durham report going on for three years. You've They've been investigating Bi- Hunter Biden doing for- crack on live TV. For, th- for three years, when you don't really need to do an investigation, you actually have the computer. Within two weeks, garnished, no more investigation for right. all the, the, the little Yiddish over there, Ben. I, well, you know, I, we I, got I, Jack here. Jack was the guy who got the phone from Hunter Biden's phone. I mean, hats off to you, Jack, for the service. We have, to America. We have the phone, we have the laptop, but we have the hard drive. Doesn't yeah, do any call. good because just like if you were living in Stalin's Russia, and you had pictures of Stalin having sex with one of the girls from the uh, Red Army or Red Red Youth Brigades. Who's gonna Who's gonna go after Stalin? Precisely. Uh, I've I've offered this this hard drive to uh, publicly offered it to the New York Times. I've offered it to Jake Tapper of CNN. I've offered it to Maggie Haberman of uh, of New York Times as well. Uh, Mark Cuban, I'd be happy. You know, he responded to me a couple times on Twitter asking for it, and I said, "Sure, I'd be happy to give you a copy." But then suddenly started adding on these, you know, these other caveats. You have to appear on Shark Tank. It has to be this way, and suddenly, you know, it just backs out of it. So, look, I've still hey, got my Mark copy. Mark Cuban of backs out of receiving it. More than happy to go anywhere with it. <laughs> That's very Mark, funny. Yeah, Mark Cuban funny. backed out of it. Yeah. So he's just like talking on on Twitter to you about nothing. Well, it's, it's, of course, it's, oh, I'd be happy to take a look at it. I said, great, when can we meet? You know, we'll get the camera going, you and I'll take a look. And he said, well, then, you know, we have to arrange it. And we have to get this person and that person. And we have to Did make you sure send that the it's files, official Tim? first. And it, you know, and then it goes nowhere. Does okay, he even so- have the files or no? No. So I want to get back to this, though. Uh, I want to get back to this, though, Ben, because it's you're right who's going to do it who's going to go against these people and who's going to go against the left and who's going to who's who's going to have the it, it's that it, it's that ideal dream that we all have that there's going to be a howard beale and it's never going it, there are no howard beals but but you know it's more like melvin and howard you really thought they were going to give that money to us <laughs> Remember that? No, I don't remember that. So you never saw Melvin and Howard? No. Oh, you may have missed a treat. What was Melvin and Howard for the rest of us? It was that- about Melvin. It was about Howard Hughes getting rescued in the desert by some guy who was just in a pickup truck, and Howard Hughes, one of the richest men in the world, leaves the bulk of his fortune to that guy, and then Howard Hughes either dies or disappears. And uh, so uh, a lawyer comes on and sues on his behalf and wins case after case and finally loses. And Melvin Howard, uh, Melvin is just a guy in a pickup truck wearing coveralls. You really think they were going to let us win, a guy like me win? 
the same thing with the with politics in America today. You really think they're going to get the little guys to win? Are you kidding? Ben, I hate to I hate to to bring it to this level, but I mean, it sounds like the public discourse is ready for like. I mean, I, I don't believe in this, and I condone violence. But the way you make it sound is the only way. You that mean we you don't condone, condone violence? I what? You don't. I mean, you don't condone. You don't right? condone violence. No, I don't want us to be violent. I don't want to. Right, violence. you said you condone violence. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> I don't <laughs> condone violence. No, but what do we do? I mean, like, is the only is the only, uh, is the only solution. Uh, the people uprising. I'm not pr- pr- promoting. Well, here's here's, that, here's a different them. solution. I can. I have, I have a solution that I think is working well, and it's called the Precinct Project. And this is something that War Room Pandemic is working on with Steve Bannon. This is something that Turning Point Action is working on. This idea that if we understand that if 2020 we had these problems, it was all in the machinery of the electioneering. Uh, ben, you just brought up Joseph Stalin. Well, Stalin is the one who said it's. It's, it's not about who votes, it's about who counts the votes, right? And so what we need to do as a movement and as a people and as, as people who want our country back, uh, there's a few steps to that. And one of the, some of those are at higher level where it's opposing things like ranked choice voting or independent election commissions coming in, uh, going from, you know, you notice we've gone from election day to now election week to election month in many of these states. We need to get away from that go directly back to election day. But then also it's having people getting involved at the local level, the precinct level, get involved with your elections board, get involved with your county commission, your state commission, your precinct commission, run for school board and getting people to say, you know, I love watching. Look, I I watch the world according to Ben Stein every week. I watch human events daily whenever it's posted. I read all of Jack Posobiec's uh, you know, articles. I, I've bought the my pillow promo code POSO, you know, but, but what do I do next? What do I do next? And it's it's time to get up. It's time to get off away from behind the screen and then go and be that person in the physical space, right? Take up space. That's something the left always says. But we're going to take up space now. We're going to go into those institutions, even if it means all 9,600 municipalities across the republic that we will do that and we will continue infiltrating our own government the way that they infiltrated it the first time. You so well said, and Ben, you know, what he just brought up reminds me of, uh, for people that don't know, you could Google Ben and Google pictures of him in the 60s. Ben was a stone cold hippie and uh, he was a person. Well, no one's perfect. He was, uh, sorry, Jeff. I said, well, no one's perfect. <laughs> and he and he and he was a, a huge uh, uh, against the Vietnam War. And I want you to oh, tell okay. people what Colonel Dale Dunman, your father-in-law, yeah, said. Dale Dunman Jr. Yeah. My when I first met uh, Colonel Dunman, uh, probably the handsomest man in the world, and uh, very brave, very smart, very strong. Uh, and I was there to pick up uh, his daughter, the world's most wonderful human, Alexandra Denman, as, uh, for a date. And uh, I, uh, I said to him, I, I, I sort of feel terrible because I, I, I know you just came back from a year in Vietnam. And, he, and when I've been out demonstrating against the war in Vietnam, and he said, Ben, I want you to demonstrate every chance you get. That war is a meat grinder. We're never going to win it. We're just going to kill our young people more and more every day, every month, every year. Go out and demonstrate all you possibly can. 
That's what I've got. To, that's the message I've got for you. And that was a damn good message by a brave balls out guy. And, and imagine and, if the institute members of the institution could do that now. People in the FBI can say, "Go out and protest." They're, 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 no, because they don't Blow have the balls whistle. Colonel Dale Denman Jr. No, it, it, but but to but to 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 Ben's point, uh, Jack. You know, it's people don't re- they give people don't realize what demonstration can do, and for some reason we don't demonstrate that well. The the conservative movement does not demonstrate that well. We're not on the streets. We're not by well, the. When vote. you're sorry, when when you're a group of individual thinkers, it's it's harder to organize than when you are a group of collectivists and groupthink, uh, and you know types where you're you're more molded towards this consensus conformity. Whereas conservatives, particularly in the modern sense of it, are more rebellious, although I'd actually say it's it's almost more reactionary because the rebellion and the revolution, that's coming from the left. And that's been coming from the left since the 1960s. Subversion, subversion. Wait a minute. Took over, right. Subversion, subversion. the body of Alger Hairston, my guard. I'll be right back. I'll be right back, Jack. Keep on going. All right, sorry, he's going to dig up Algerius right now. Is that what I heard? Yes. Algeria. Okay. Very good. <laughs> but keep oh, going. Yes. Got me to get you. But um, no. So the the idea then becomes, I suppose, the the idea becomes that if we are the people who our job is to, you know, so th- this is our society, right? And so they are the ones trying to take it away. They are the ones. Right. that have come to try to change everything they're the infiltrators they're the subversives and now they've attained positions of power wearing the names of these institutions like uh, some sort of skin suit uh, whether it be um, the fbi or the pentagon or marvel comics um, you know dc comics this this idea that everything has gone sort of woke and left wing at the same time it didn't happen overnight and they are the ones who are trying to change everything, not us. We, we're not the infiltrators. We are the ones that just want to go back to being normal. But that's essentially what every revolutionary movement does, whether you're whether you're Chairman Mao in China or Pol Pot or the Bolsheviks. Uh, it's this idea that you have to criminalize being normal. You have to antagonize people who are normal. And by the way, who have become successful in that predominant traditional system if you become successful in that system well clearly that shows that you're part of the inequality or you're part of the patriarchy because this must be explained away so and i so want to ask i want to be successful is if you're if you're somehow in on the corruption so i have a I, so it's extremely well said and uh i want to ask you a question because i, I want to ask this about people like DeSantis again why can't they go full trump and what I mean by that is these people are in positions of power right now to call for certain things, to call for investigations, to call for these type, to call for to call for this type of thing that we've been speaking about. Where are these people, Jack? Well, if you notice DeSantis, um, and, by, and by the way, just to preface this, I, I have a lot of respect for DeSantis. So do I. I. I love Ron DeSantis. The, the turning point yeah. action events. I love Ron Mastriano DeSantis. And, and Carrie Lake and Blake Masters mm-hmm. and J.D. Vance. And I, I think he's a force to be reckoned with. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's a lawyer, right? So 
he comes from a certain background, whereas Donald Trump is a New York real estate mogul. And that, that's a completely different factor to electoral politics. DeSantis goes from being a lawyer to being a JAG lawyer in the military to being a three-term congressman, then running for, originally he was running for Senate. He was going to run for Rubio's seat, but then Rubio decided that he wasn't going to, or that, excuse me, that he was going to continue to run and to represent the seat. So then DeSantis sort of switched his uh, senatorial campaign into a gubernatorial campaign. He already had the statewide offices and some of the money was able to be transferred over. And there's a process to go from federal state money. But I, I guess the idea is that if you're someone that's worked very hard to succeed within the system, that's wholly a different thing than somebody like a Donald Trump who always existed outside the system and in many ways was antagonized by that very system because he's trying to you know, build buildings or golf courses or you know, right. ice rink, a skating rink in, in Central Park. And it's the system that's getting in his way. So his view of our system of government is always going to be fundamentally different than somebody who came up as a lawyer and a politician. Yeah, this is where I'll disagree a, a little bit. Because... Organizer, as a community organizer who went, went around talking to people in barbershops and saying, are you happy? And if you're not happy, vote for me. Who was that? Sorry, I, Barack, okay, Barack, Barack Obama. Obama. No, not. Yeah. But 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 to your but point, also a lawyer, Barack Obama, a lawyer who was yeah. a state senator. He's a, law, a, law, he's a great laws. lawyer. He, he he was supposed to write a paper, uh, his senior thesis about law, and said he wrote about a letter he would write to his father if they had any idea who his father was. And, right. and no, but Ben, getting back to this this idea. Richard Nixon, in the same vein, wasn't a politician. Very much, I mean, he, he, he came from nothing. He worked his way up. He wasn't part of the establishment. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you're the one that taught me that. He, he, he was not rich, that's for sure. Uh, he was not even middle class. He might have been lower middle class. Uh, but he, uh, he he was a politician. I mean, he would, he ran virtually the minute he was allowed to. He ran for Congress from uh, the area around Yorba Linda, and uh, he, he was he was into that right right away. And he discovered he was very good at it. He he had discovered he was a wizard at playing poker when he was in the Navy during World War II, and uh, so he uh, continued uh, that kind of. Uh, ability to look into people see what they're holding in their hands um i didn't know that and if you just tuned in you are listening to the world according to that man benjamin jeremy stone i want to thank jack Posobic again poso uh we have been running out of time but i think it's so extremely important and uh, i gotta be honest jack you're one of the few people and i said this that actually knows history with a handle um and because uh, a lot of people don't they're simply talking points and i gotta well, thank you i appreciate that and i gotta tell you i am extremely 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 impressed with your knowledge of history it means the world to us and the world according to ben stein because that's what we try to do is view things through the lens of history and uh most people don't get it most people don't realize that and I love your enthusiasm because you are a teacher at Turning Point USA and you need to teach these kids that we're going to get out of this. I don't know how or when, but we are. We've been Well, here. we shall overcome. Yes. We, we shall Free overcome. At last. And we are not afraid. And we're not going to retreat one inch. 
I think I, I, these uh, kids at Turning Point USA need to come into the Steinosphere. We got to get this Ben Stein Turning Point USA. The Steinosphere is a wonderful place. It is because it, I'm out out on my boat. I have a wonderful boat. You can come out on my boat. And and all all kidding aside, I got the Steinosphere. I got that education. I got the education of walking around the stores with pavilions. And I'll say this: I can't say this over and over enough is when you walk around with Ben, him saying God bless to everybody, but also him making me notice all the abundance that we have abundance. as a country. Yes. As bad as it might seem right now, we, we're still the greatest country in the world. The greatest country in the world by a million miles. I'll say this. You know what? We would have a great show, and we do have a great show, if we would just remind everyone, hey, why are all those people trudging across the border why are they risking their lives coming from Haiti to the United States in a little cardboard and plastic boat? If this country is a horrible, persistent nightmare, why does everybody want to be here? Why does everybody want to be here? Why does everybody, everybody, everybody want to be here? Perfectly said. Poso, final thoughts on this show or in life? Well, I, I, I would just say for the show, I don't know about life. My final thoughts have quite, quite figured that out yet. I, I have also said, said in the past that um in the future everyone's epitaph will just be their most retweeted tweet that'll be your final you know your final epitaph <laughs> there it'll be digital what so you pinned it. what you pinned it. or whatever yeah, you pinned. pinned so for me it would be mike lindell um but Sounds you know like my, my wife you have been going hard on mike born, lindell yeah my wife was born in the soviet union she she came to the united states and one thing that she always said which echoes that what ben is teaching us tonight is that this country struck her when she first got here about 15 years ago as a place where she said, I couldn't believe so many people were flying their own nation's flag out front of their own homes, in front of their cars, at their schools. Nobody was being forced to do it. She said, you guys truly love your country and everybody stands at a sporting event and you take your hat off and you put your hand over your heart. And she said that she just got wrapped up the first time she was at a basketball game and saw the national anthem and experienced that because she'd never felt anything like it. And then to see a country like that get to a point where people are starting to take the flags down or mocking the flags. And this of course is referenced in, in the great Johnny Cash ragged old flag. It's something that, uh, that she's even noticed in the short time that she's been in our country, but always says, we need to, you need to be careful about that because if the United States goes, there, there isn't anywhere else to go to. This is all you have left. So uh, for myself and when I, when I go to Turning Point USA events and we talk about every day on Human Events Daily, uh, the podcast, that's what I have in the back of my mind, realizing that, look, of course we need to understand our history. We need to, and, and that's all fast. I'm reading the James Michener book on the the history of Israel right now, going all the way back to 9,000 BC and working our way forward, because I just love history. But, you know, we need to understand that what they did to Nixon, they're trying to do to Trump, what they did to so many people. They did it years, already. It again and again. They did it to him already. They stole the election from him. I, you know, by the way, Jack, as we're closing up shop, and I'll get to Adam for one second. What I always love, because we got banned from YouTube for this, and I always love, and to all the, to, to all the posts, to all, all the po Jack lover, to all your fan base, always remember, Ben Stein, Ben Stein, one of the, believes the election was stolen. Okay? He believes, it was, it. He, he believes it was a statistical 
impossibility. It was impossible well, by I would, every. I don't want to say impossibility. I say extraordinarily unlikely. Extraordinarily unlikely. Adam, final thoughts. You know, it's a good thing that we are closing on history because the classic adage: "Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it." And if you, you look go. at America, it's happened before and it's happening right now. This isn't a new innovation in government corruption. And if we want to find the answer of how to move forward, we also have to be wise in history and know how to protect ourselves from, the, from this in the future, you know, on a legislative level, on a, on a community involvement level, on a participation level, uh, on a local level and on a macro level. So I, I appreciate this show ending on that note that, that history is the fundamental basis of how to end corruption. We have to know the evil it's that great. is trying to it's dominate great. us. Great. You see, you got a brilliant point. And I just want to say one more thing as we're running out of time. And, and uh, Ben, the one thing Ben Stein, and listen, I've known Ben for God knows, for over almost two decades and uh, him and wife, he took me in like their own and, uh, that's who Ben Stein is. And he's also taught me we have to enjoy ourselves. No matter how bad things are, we still have to smile. We still have to enjoy ourselves. Shoot up, show up. The other night, I... Uh, I, Shoot I went up. <laughs> the other night, I... <laughs> Not shoot up. This isn't free heroin going around. As everybody knows, because I'm a good... Ben, you, ben if you, by the way, have you gone to uh, Las Vegas lately, Ben? Yes, actually, I have. Well, what was amazing to me is the last time I was there, I, I was I was walking down Fremont Street at four in the morning and I said, what a commitment to health, because everybody at 4 a.m. on Fremont Street was taking the vaccine. Some people taking it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> and, and closing that's on Alex that, Stein's joke, that's not I just, mine. That's I, Alex just, I like it. I like it. I, I like just it. want to say this um, uh, selfishly. Since everybody knows I am single, I can't get a date in L.A. because of my conservative views. I'll say that's the reason. Um, not because I'm a hermit. Hey, I, de point, man. I decided uh, to go you'll, the you'll other night well. single by myself to the Killers concert in uh, in uh, Los Angeles to go see the okay. Killers. And for those that missed it, and, and, and I, I had been in my head telling me to enjoy my life. And I had Ben Boychick from American Greatness telling me to get my ass over there. I went, and for people that... You should YouTube it. There was an amazing scene. The Killers have this song called For Reasons Unknown. Mm. And they brought up a, a man who uh, is fighting cancer to play drums. And they didn't realize he was fighting cancer. And this guy wow. just rocked it. And 23,500 people were there in the moment supporting this drummer as he's going through his life. And wow. I couldn't help but it was the most one of the most spiritual moments. And we all have to find those spiritual, peaceful moments in our lives. Politics aside, we need to have fun and enjoy ourselves and refresh Amen. ourselves. Otherwise, we're of no use to any to our country to and to our family. And I want to thank Ben Stein really yeah. for teaching me that lesson. And um, I beg of people, go watch a video of the killers in Los Angeles. It's amazing. I want to thank Jack Posobiec again. Poso, you rock. Thank you to all your loyal fan base. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. And of oh, course, I want to remind everybody, you can find this benstein.substack.com. You can find Ben on Truth and because uh, Ben is the truth. And of course, you can find Adam King on Truth at Adam Kingdom. I want to thank the Rumblers, the Ranters, everybody out there. God bless you. Ben Stein, please take us out. I walk in the garden alone. 
while the dew is still on the roses and the joy i share as i tarry there no word can ever expose it and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me i am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known god bless you ben stein god bless you jack god bless adam god bless america god bless the world have a great night we will see everybody god saturday bless night america god bless america, god bless of course god bless, america. god bless america we will see everybody saturday night well saturday night and i just got paid full of money don't try to say <laughs> heart's 